Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ascend with Alexis podcast where we are helping you to transform lack to abundance and I'm so grateful you are here because we have a very special guest. Today we have Kenya McGuire Johnson of Finding Your Voice. Kenya offers holistic coaching as well as she is an astrologer and she does offer intuitive guidance and I'm so happy she's here and just a little bit of background Kenya is one of the reasons why I started this podcast in the first place um, due to me getting a astrology reading by her so I am so happy to introduce Kenya. Kenya how are you? (laughs) I'm so good. I'm so good, Alexis. And I'm so proud of you. So congratulations on on launching your podcast. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. So I just want to get straight into it. Um, (laughs) So a lot of my audience is interested in astrology. Um, I want to kind of first go over a little bit of your background. You know, how did you get to this point? How did you become an astrologer and a holistic wellness coach yeah well so that we don't occupy all the space of time it's it's been a journey um i'll say this as far as astrology i have i i honestly don't know what made me click onto astrology i just have always been drawn into astrology since i was a little girl so I want to say probably my sister introduced me to, because she's eight years older than me. And so I'm thinking, and she's into astrology. So I think when I was little, she started showing me the horoscopes and it just clicked. And I, you know, when you're little, you don't know, you just, you, when you learn something from your family, you just think that's what it is. So for me, astrology, once I learned, oh, a Scorpio is this, oh, a Pisces is that, oh, a Leo. And it just, lo- I just locked in and I, I, loved being able to read the horoscopes each week. And when I would meet people, and this is since I was little, I would just always ask, you know, oh, when's your birthday? And as soon as I would know, you know, what their sign was, it's like, okay, that tells me about, okay. So, and I I would just kind of keep that in my registry and not knowing what I was doing. So it really wasn't until adulthood, you know, once I got into adulthood, I started hearing you know, I am, I am not your age. I am a lot older. I'm actually, I don't mind sharing my age. I'm actually 51. So I'm a generation X kid and, or adult. And when I was in my twenties, we weren't talking about astrology. Nobody was talking about Saturn returns or any of those things. And while I was familiar with it, I would always hear people really um, demonize astrology, just really say bad things, especially in a lot of the circles that I was in, um, whether it be when I would sing, because I'm an artist as well, and I would sing in a gospel choir, and you know, you would hear just so many bad things. So I just kept it to myself. And it really wasn't, to be completely honest, it wasn't until COVID hit, and I saw, I knew astrologically, like there was so much profound things happening, um, which was kind of for me explaining why COVID was doing what COVID was doing, why we were in this shift. And it was then, so 20, I guess it was probably fall 2020, spring 2021 is when 
I decided, you know, I should probably start talking about astrology to people a bit more because I think if people could understand it a little bit more, they may be able to feel a little bit more calm, a little bit more connected to themselves the way that I had become. And um, it was just, a, it was pretty, I think, divine. Um, Clubhouse had just come out during COVID and there was all these clubhouse rooms on astrology. And I was just having fun listening because I was into astrology. But then I came into a couple of rooms that were just, I mean, blowing me away with what they were saying. And that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to start more formally studying this a little bit deeper and start incorporating it in my coaching. I had always done a little bit of the astrology on the sly with coaching. Cause again, once I knew your birthday, once I, I, I could tell like, okay, I, you know, given this is a person is a Virgo, I have to keep these things in mind when I'm coaching them because the Virgo is earth energy and all the things, but it was really 2021 where it was like, okay, I'm going to formally start training this deeper, get in a more advanced training in astrology so that I can incorporate it in my coaching. So that's what got me there. And, and the, the coaching, I've been in health sciences, healthcare since I was 21. I, I was a physical therapist for many years. Um, and so it was just kind of a natural thing for me to become a certified health coach because I already knew so much about the body and I was really into how I wanted to learn more about how the mind connected to the body's healing. And so I've been a certified health coach for several years now, but um, I just now in recent years started incorporating the astrology. Great. I love it. So <laughs> I didn't have that much of a formal introduction to astrology. I don't even know when I had an introduction to astrology. Um, I just always knew, like, I was a Gemini. And I didn't know anything about, like, rising signs. Yeah. I didn't know anything about moon signs. Um, yeah. Saturn in return. I just knew I was a Gemini. And I knew, like, okay, that definitely describes me and who I am. So mm -hmm. one of the things I want you to talk about, so from my own understanding, um, the three most like important placements um, in astrology is your sun sign, your rising sign, and your moon sign. I want to get more into what exactly those mean and yeah. um, the difference. So for me particularly, I am a sun and a rising Gemini. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what is the difference between um, someone who has um, a sun in one sign and a rising in a different sign. For me, just for me looking, you know, um, doing my own introspection, it's not much I can compare it to because I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm yeah. For the audience, in case I'm pretty sure majority of people have different sun and rising. So. Can you get into more of the differences between those three? Absolutely. Very good question. And I'm glad you're asking that because I don't know if people really understand um, the difference. We're just, it's astrology is starting to trend more and people just are like, I need to know my top three. So your sun sign is kind of your soul's full persona. It's, it's, it's a very conscious, um, the soul, it's almost like the personality of the soul. Okay. So it's a very kind of broad aspect of who you are and it's in a more conscious space and it's important to say conscious versus subconscious because astrology 
very much um, depending on certain placements, certain things sit more in the subconscious, the places we're not so aware of, and then the conscious, the things that we are more aware of. And the sun is definitely one that we're typically more connected to because it sits very consciously. And if you just think of what the sun does, it shines, it radiates. So it's where we shine. It's where we radiate. Those traits, they're, they're very full. Some people, though, <laughs> depending, because a lot of people say, well, I don't really identify, though, with my sun sign. Um, that's why we then go to the moon. Because what makes the moon a little bit different, the moon is actually more, I find that more people, some people may feel a little bit more connected to their moon, or other people may experience people a little bit more in their moon, because your moon sign reflects your emotions and your body and your needs, your emotional needs. So our day-to-day, you know, we're always navigating our emotions, we're navigating our physical, our body. And so a lot of times, I know for me, I connect pretty heavily to my moon sign. So my sun sign is Scorpio, my moon is Capricorn, my rising is Cancer. So I know many through the years, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a Scorpio, but I'm not, you know, I would see certain things. I'm like, I'm not really all of that. And when I found out I was a moon Capricorn, it all clicked because I really connect a lot to Capricorn energy. So that's more of your, your emotions, again, your emotional needs. Um, and then your, your physicality, your body, how you take care of your body, um, and how your body responds to things. Cause the moon is very connected, um, to that. And then the rising, your rising is actually what drives you. It's kind of the driver or what motivates you. It's that energy. It's also the energy that you project that others experience a bit more from you. So that moon sign, they may, you're the people close to you because, your family members, they're with you every day, you know, and so they're going to see the ins and outs of your emotions. But your rising is kind of that greater um, persona that's projected that you may not always feel so connected to, but other people definitely experience and see you more as that. So, um, so yeah, I, you're rising and you're, it's funny because you're having a rising and a sun. Those are strong air elements. I mean, this, you know, Gemini, that's strong. And so I can see why it's like, well, what's the difference? And yeah, it would be hard because those are really two big parts of who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for that. You're so welcome. One question that I also have is what are some other like really important aspects of our astrology chart? So, um, for example, um, I know I kind of briefly um we kind of briefly talked about um like our north node south node together um can you go over that as well as like any other very important aspects of our charts i know i have a lot of listeners who are all trying to find out like who they are um and so can you just go over that piece as well yeah. Okay. So I'm really biased. I think every part of astrology is really important. <laughs> like everything is important. But um, to your point with North Node and South Node, it the way that I have been trained and the way that I appreciate astrology, your North Node is probably one of the most critical areas and most important parts of your chart because the North Node is like the North Star. It's really what the soul came here to ultimately experience, achieve, um, or accomplish. So that's what makes the North Node so significant. The thing is, is though, 
the North Node being this North Star, this greater thing, most people, it's it's very, a lot of it lies more in the subconscious. It, it, a lot of people aren't really aware because we may have a desire to do this, a desire to do that, but it doesn't always necessarily sit in our conscious. But it's a very important part because a lot of, when you really look at a person's chart, you start to see all the different placements, all the different planets, the conjunctions, the squares, the challenges, the rewards that you're having are all working so that you can get to whatever that North Node is. So North Node is really, really important. South Node is, is complete opposite. Um, not that it's not important, but it's those things in this lifetime the soul is needing to shed, karmically trying to let go of. And a lot of times people connect pretty quickly and heavily to their south node because it's what they've already mastered in previous kind of souls incarnations. So, and it's this lifetime that the soul is saying, particularly let's let go of the lower frequency things of whatever that south node is and let's keep the higher frequency. So it's your south node shouldn't be just a completely rid it's to, re, to rid the things that typically sit in a lower frequency or that no longer really are serving you to be able to get to the North Node. So it becomes really important too. And when we're hearing about these eclipses, the eclipses are happening at the, at the nodes. You know? So this becomes really important. Nodes become you know, pretty important. And um, you know, so yeah, that's, that's kind of without getting too detailed, but that's really important. Some other, I mean, as I said, I think everything is important, but one of the, the other kind of layer to astrology that's important is how are the planets talking to each other? Okay. How are the, and when I say how the planets are talking, um, and you, when you read astrology books, they, a lot of times you'll see, they say planets are like characters. Um, they're kind of the characters of our life. So Mercury is the communication. And, you know, I just mentioned the sun being the light and where we radiate and the moon is our feelings. And um, depending on the position of the planets, some planets are causing a bit more challenge, challenging energy in the way that they're positioned with each other to create an experience where you can get a lot of lessons and a lot of transformation. Um, other planets are sitting a little bit closer or in within, you know, 60 degrees or 30 degrees of each other. And they're trying to help to create an outlet, to create some rewards. So that becomes really important when you begin to really want to understand your chart. Because just because you are a sun Gemini and what's your moon sign, Alexis, again? Your yeah. moon and, a, and an Aries moon. That's that's good, and that's going to tell us a lot about you know how your emotions and your activity and your body. Aries is a very active energy, um, but how they position because if the moon and the sun are in a more challenging position, you may you may have challenging energy in regards to being a Gemini, or you may have more challenging energy in regards to your Aries moon. So that's another really important part is to better understand how are your planets positioned? Where are the squares, the oppositions? Those are the challenges. Where are the trines, the sextiles? Those are the, the, um, the gifts, the rewards, um, the outlets. So that's also really important. Okay. It's funny that you said how our, our North Node lies within our subconscious because I remember when you gave me a reading and you were asking me like and just the background so my north node is in the fifth house of libra and mm -hmm. fifth house is all about all about 
creativity, self-expression. <laughs> and I remember you asking me, like, what do you like? What do you do for fun, or like, what is your creative expression? I'm like, I don't have one. I don't know. <laughs> I, I literally remember that. Like, I don't. I'm like, I don't have one. So that was really like sitting deep in my subconscious mind. Yes. And, yes. You know, I also got a psychic reading before too, and they were saying the same thing. I was told I was yeah. too serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, wow. So astrology really brings out um, things that are hidden with inside you. So me and my creative passions have kind of been put to the forefront of my conscious mind. So I'm like literally like actively working on not being too serious and being yeah. in my creative flow and all of that was possible due to astrology. So yes. Um, yes. you can do a lot of like deep work in astrology. And I know you kind of couple the um, holistic wellness coaching with astrology. And I kind of want to talk more about that. So you yeah. mentioned that, you know, you kind of approach clients depending on like their different astrology placements. And mm -hmm. I'm just curious, you know, how would you approach, for example, an air sign in comparison to an earth sign and how does that serve the client? Ooh, good questions, Alexis, really good questions. Absolutely. Um, so if I'm, if I'm working with someone who has some pretty dominant air energy in them, because again, you're kind of looking at just because a person may have a sun in the air, they may have a bunch of fire everywhere else. So or a bunch of earth everywhere else. So I, you know, but the big difference, so air is all about, if we just think about air and think about oxygen and think about what it is, it's expansive, right? It doesn't, it's, it's not in this confined, structured, stable space. It's very, it's out here. It, it can be everywhere. Um, and in astrology, air signs equal communication and um, exchanging of ideas, okay? Very thinking, very much in kind of the head. Um, and so I know then if I'm going to work with someone who is an air, who has, you know, is a dominant air sign, then it's going to be important for us to, to sit more in the thinking in the communication, um, me going heavy into the heart space initially with an air sign is going to be hard because that's not how they navigate. They don't navigate necessarily from the emotion. They are navigating from the thinking. So it's important for me to approach their coaching more from maybe an analytical, depending on the air sign that they are. Um, a Gemini energy has way more levity. Typically, it's funny. Your, your moon is Aries, which is where you're getting that seriousness. <laughs> from but that gemini is trying to give the levity so that's that's what that word is an earth sign if it's if i'm working with a virgo i just pick our virgos if i'm working with a virgo i know we have to have order there has i can't just be kind of philosophically throwing things up in the air i've got to be able to show facts got to be able to give them something way more concrete so i find that with with earth energy the way that i would coach them then is again i'm not going to lead necessarily from a very emotional space because they don't navigate that way. They're going to navigate a little bit more from um, tell me kind of the steps that I need to understand, um, give, you know, I want to make sure I can um, predict what it is we're going to do. Like, I don't want to kind of have this nebulous, need to have some level of order to things so that they feel grounded in it all. 
So that it, it's very helpful. Whereas if I have a Pisces, well, we can go heart space all day. Like we can really now go into what are you feeling? How did that, you know, emotionally have, you know, impact you? They tend to navigate from that energy more so they can go there more. Whereas a Scorpio is, yes, it's water, but Scorpio is fixed water. And so it may be feeling all the things, but it may not necessarily express it as, as readily as a Pisces would. So, yeah, it's very important. Definitely important. Um, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Um, oh. So I want to kind of get into 2024. Um, like <laughs> any yeah. major... <laughs> Any major things happening in 2024, you kind of mentioned um, conjunctions and aspects and, um, sorry, se like sextiles and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, just first of all, just can you get into anything important that is going on in 2024 and how um, the audience can leverage um, it to the best of their ability. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know everyone has been feeling like, you know, the world has just been upside down since COVID and um, it kind of has been. And 2024 is just going to continue the journey of that um, astrologically. Um, as opposed to getting into sextiles and, and, you know, all of those things, because you're right, those are more advanced level. The bigger thing is to look at, okay, where are these planets going to be? What signs are they going to be in? And because that tells a lot just there. Um, so probably one of the biggest things that's happening is, is Pluto. Um, Pluto and so Pluto is doing a really big thing. Jupiter is doing a pretty significant thing. Mars at the end of the year is doing a pretty significant thing. And then we're still in our, our wonderful eclipses. And so eclipses are always um, doing things. There's some other, you know, Mercury retrograde always is like a quarterly thing. So Mercury going into retrograde really isn't as big of a deal as we trendy kind of make it because it's a, it's just a constant kind of almost quarterly reset that it's trying to do. So it's, it's, and Mercury moves fairly fast. So the planets that move a bit faster, um, that just means then whatever is going on is going to be more temporary because it's, it's, it's shifting quickly through the signs. Whereas a planet like Pluto, and this is what makes this a big deal, Pluto is the furthest, you know, planet and Pluto in more in older astrology, like in modern astrology, we, we consider and we talk about Pluto. Pluto to me is extremely significant, but in other aspects of astrology, more traditional, like they don't even really count it, um, but it's extremely important. Um, when you look at it from a modern sense. So that's probably one of the biggest things is that Pluto is changing signs. It's moving. And the reason why this becomes so important, where Mercury changes, you know, every three, four weeks, it goes to a different sign. The moon every two and a half days, that's how quickly it's moving. The sun obviously takes a year, you know, our solar return. Pluto, <laughs> Pluto takes anywhere from 14 to 20 years to move one sign. So Pluto hasn't moved since 2008. So this makes this a really big deal, okay, for us to now be like, oh, Pluto is moving, okay? And Pluto, it, Pluto, it had moved a little bit. It, it, it was in Capricorn for these past 14 years. 
Um, it did do a little bit of movement and moved into Aquarius because Aquarius is right after Capricorn. So that's the next sign it would go into. It did that for a moment at the top of 2023, but then it went into a retrograde and it went back into Capricorn. So it was a little bit of a blip of us shifting. And if you notice, we had a real big moment of AI, like all of a sudden chat GPT became this, whoa, at the top of 2023. Well, Aquarius rules over technology. So Pluto already making its direct when it went and did that, it already caused like a whoop, like that. Okay. But then it went back. And so then, you know, now it's not that chat, I mean, you know, AI is still <laughs> wait, just watch AI is still going to be doing a, a lot of interesting things, but we kind of settled back because Pluto went back into the mode that we've been in for 14 years, but now it's fully, it's getting ready um, during 2024. Um, it will begin to now station direct and um, go into Aquarius. So that's significant because Pluto is the planet of transformation. So Pluto is always asking us to change. Okay. And it stays around a long time. Okay. So it's, it's, it, it, and when you really get into astrology, when you learn the degrees, depending on what degree it's in, it's more active more or less or, or takes on different energy. But that's probably one of the biggest is that Pluto is, you know, officially um, moving into Aquarius and it's going to stay there 20 years. So that's very significant. So as I've been working with people, I've been looking, helping them look at, okay, where does Pluto naturally sit in your chart? And then where's, where's your Aquarius at what house? Um, and, you know, because Pluto is about to go in there. So you're going to get a lot of lessons a lot of changes over these next 20 years. And that's, you know, in anything, right? But particularly in that part of the life, that's where a lot of the lessons and transformation will happen. Um, and, and if you just reflect back where, where Capricorn sits for you, or just think back 2008, what was going on in 2008. Um, and that's when our recession started. That's when Barack was elected. There were a lot of big things that kind of happened at the start of that 2008, 2009 timeframe. And it just, you know, we just continue to have changes. So that's really big. That's that's probably one of the biggest. Um, Jupiter will be moving into Gemini. Jupiter sits for about a year. So that's another pretty big one. That's a very um, beneficent, a good thing, though. Jupiter always wants to give us um, abundance, fortune. It's trying to kind of help us out on the more positive. So that's for you being your sun and your rising. Um, that means some really cool stuff. Jupiter is coming in there. I would say that a lot of cool things probably are going to, are a lot of opportunity for you um, once it shifts in there to, to begin to really be expansive um, in those Gemini traits that you have. Um, and then, like I mentioned, the eclipses, we're going to have another round of eclipses and eclipses can be um, interesting. <laughs> They'll be, because eclipses are trying to kind of rid things, purge things, do away with things to make room for something new. And it's usually getting rid of the things that um, we know we need to, but we're too afraid to, or we're too, there's something usually blocking us from letting something go. And an eclipse tries to assist with the, with the letting go. Um, and then at the end, toward the end of the year, Mar Mars will go in retrograde and Mars rarely does that. Mars only goes into retrograde every two and a half or so years. So that's a rare a retrograde and Mars is kind of our aggressor. So it going in retrograde may cause some frustration and a, a bit of things toward the latter part of the year. But definitely the bigger is the Pluto moving into Aquarius um, energy.
And Saturn, Saturn and Neptune will be doing some interesting things in Pisces as well, but that gets deeper. <laughs> but it's the Pluto. Yeah. I found like astrology is so deep. So ever since like we've had our reading, I don't I don't know how long ago. Maybe in our I wanna say it was maybe in September, October. September, October, yeah, somewhere in there. But like I'm finding something new every day. So like literally every day. So literally like a couple of days ago, you mentioned like Aquarius. I, I realized my um Uranus is in uh -huh. Aquarius. And I believe those uh... are our tied together, right? So what I mean by that <laughs> is just for like the audience to know, um, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but um Aquarius is um affected or what what would be the word to be like it's affected by the sign or it's home in the planet. yeah it's yeah so uranus rules um aquarius it's ruled by um okay. uranus yeah so they're very connected and it's co-ruled saturn also rules aquarius oh okay so yeah that they was both very do. interesting to see that that was at so my uranus is in aquarius so that was like at home so now i've been going on like a little chase and then I do remember Saturn being um, ruled by Aquarius as well. And then I'm like, okay, well, my Saturn is in my 11th house. So now I got to go over here. So it's like, yes, right? it's kind of it's like connecting pieces, but it's yes. kind of fun. And you learn a lot um, about yourself, which I have. Yeah. And then even with getting into Pluto, I saw like for the next year, my Pluto is training Pluto. So like my Pluto is trying mm -hmm. my natal Pluto and then my Pluto is sextiling my natal ascendant. So mm -hmm. now I'm even doing more research about that. Like, oh my God, how is this going to affect me? But that's really good because so whenever you see trining or sextiling, so those listeners who if you go on different apps or especially like Chani because she's a really popular app right now or any of the websites, Whenever you see trine and sextile, trine and sextile are the, the positives. Okay, those are that means they're going to be kind of gifting. They're going so a Pluto trining Pluto. That means this this transformation that is happening will be in a probably in a more favorable kind of way, um, as opposed to if it's squaring that transformation, it may be a more challenging situation that may happen that causes the transformation. But if it's trining or sextiling it then it's that transformation that's, you know, still a matter of transformation, but it will be probably in a more, you know, um, in, a, in, a, in a more rewarding way as opposed to a more challenging way. So that's, that's, that's good. You've got some heavy planets though, sitting. I mean, because you've got your, because Uranus can be an interesting planet. Um, Aquarius likes it because that's her, it's ruled by it. So it's like, yeah, it's comfortable kind of there. Um, but at the same time, Uranus, depending, and this is what's probably the most important thing, and I hope the listeners hear this. The most important thing you can do is to be being still, reflecting within, and getting in alignment with your truth, period. The more you are in alignment with who you understand yourself to truthfully be, not who you're conditioned to be, not what people tell you to be, but who you understand yourself to be, then understand that astrology, the planets are all working to just make that better for you. 
if you, so, so it's always, you know, yes, challenges will happen, but your ability to navigate those challenges, the energy by which you will, um, will have to sustain you will be a much more calming and understandable process. If you are disconnected and you're just kind of living, then when these challenges hit, it can be extremely discombobulating because at this point you're not aligned with, with the actual truth. So that's why I always just tell people, you know, just, you know, you can't, you can't worry about what the planets are going to do because the planets are like weather. So if it's raining outside, you shouldn't be worried all day because it's raining. Okay. Cause rain doesn't equal bad rain means rain. So what do I do to make sure that I'm still dry? <laughs> what do I do to still have a decent good day? You know, and, and that's really what the planet. So it's, it's important to just keep in alignment with those little, and that's why I do a lot of intuitive guidance with people so that they learn how to still stay in track with what's actually kind of going on inside. Definitely. I'm glad you mentioned, um, you know, just staying in alignment with who we truly are and getting rid of that conditioning. Cause that's something I've been working on for the last few months. And I would say personally, like I've experienced some great things um, with just figuring out like who I am and what I was conditioned to be. And as I'm tapping more into who I am, like I'm experiencing like crazy things like synchronicities um, that I've never experienced before. And mm -hmm. it's just hint to me like I'm on the right track. Yes. Right thing. Yes. Um, yes. And so I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. So Absolutely. for someone who would like to learn more um, about astrology, about like even like the events, things like the conjunctions and all of that good stuff, um, what kind of service offerings do you have? Yes, yes. Very good question. Um, so I always tell people to first start out with, a reading and that's, you know, I do what's called a guidance reading. So it's a little bit different. When Alexis was mentioning, um, when I was asking her questions, I always spend the first half of my sessions just asking some questions. They're, they're fairly broad intentionally because it allows you to begin to connect a bit more to your intuition because that's where, to me, astrology becomes really powerful when we're actually thinking about like what's just inside of us. So I would definitely say a guidance reading. Um, I also, I just, just now announcing, um, I'm doing a new class, a new six week class, virtual class, um, called foundations in astrology. And I would highly recommend, um, that you do that as well. And Alexis, that includes you. Um, and, and that's basically because we'll be able to spend more time. I'll be actually teaching, um, the planets, the signs, which you just talked about, the aspects, the conjunction, what that is, sextile trining, and you will be using your own chart as a guide each week. Um, and so that's going to just help you learn more about your chart while also just learning astrology. That's the best way to learn astrology because you know you, right? Another fun way is if you pull like a loved one's chart while we're doing, and occasionally we'll do that during the class um, because you'll, because you also know them. And so when you start being able to figure out, it's like, oh, this is why they do that. So that, that is another offering. Then of course, then um, just to have actual coaching. And so I have two kind of ways you can get coaching. 
Um, some people are members. They do a membership with me. I have Patreon and they just pay a fee like $29 a month. And that gives them one um, session a month with me for us. And it's just a, it's a half hour session. Sometimes I go a little bit longer than that, but whatever part of astrology we want to get into, we can sit down and dig into that. Um, or if you don't want to talk about astrology, you just want to talk about your life or your pet or whatever you want to talk about, you have that coaching experience. And along with that membership, you also, I partner with another astrologer. Her name is Wilda Preville, and she and I do a workshop monthly for those people who are members of that. So you get a full workshop monthly. Um, and we usually just pick, right now we're doing a series on the planets, and so Wilda leads it, and we talk about like this month, we'll be talking about the planet of Venus um, and just a little bit more about what that means and how that may impact, you know, you and your chart. So those are those are kind of the main things. Um, you know, I do have some clients who do some pretty intensive coaching. Um, and so if you really are needing to make some big breakthroughs in your career, in your relationships, in your health, um, then you also, we would not just do astrology. Astrology would be kind of our foundation but we would do coaching um, on some other things as well. And so those are my more um, higher level clients who have more intensive coaching. Yeah. Great. So that's something I'm definitely in that class. I'm definitely interested in that. Yes, that's coming up. Um, we'll be started. We'll be opening. So right now I have an interest form um, and that's free. You can just fill out the interest form. So we just have an idea of those people who are interested in doing that. Um, and that can be found um, at my website, which is findingyourvoiceafter40.com. Um, and if you findingyourvoiceafter40.com slash services, it'll send you directly to where you can sign up for that. Um, and then we're going to officially open, and I'm not sure when this will air, but we're looking at to open the actual class registration um, mid, mid to late January. And we start um, the first week of March. So. And it will be recorded. So if there's some sessions that you know you won't be able to attend in live time, you'll still have access to the recording. I would say, though, if you know out of the six weeks you would have to miss four of them, it's probably not a good idea because you need more live time to, to be able to do it. So you can really, we can really get into your chart. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kenya. Before we end it, I'd like to ask all of my guests, what does abundance mean to you? Oh, abundance. Abundance means freedom to me. I, I, I think the more we can get into our abundant lifestyle, our abundant mindset, the more free you will feel where when we're in that scarcity, that's what gets us restricted and gets us, you know, impulsive and anxious. So to me, if we can be in more abundance, then, you know, there's more freedom. I love it. I definitely agree. Um, I've been on the journey to freedom. <laughs> um, I've been on a, a, a very, a very deep journey to freedom. Like I said, just finding out who I am. So I, I love that definition. Um, okay. So we will conclude there. Thank you again, Kenya, for coming You're on. Welcome. Um, You're I'm welcome. definitely going to replay this because I've learned some things just from this um, what 40 minutes we've been on because um, <laughs> astrology is deep it's, it's just a lot uh, it's so much because I was like oh we didn't talk about Saturn return did you want me to mention anything about I was like oh because the Saturn return for your audience 
Um, and even for people, you know, there's in your fifties, there's a second Saturn return that happens. <laughs> so yeah, definitely get into Saturn returns. <laughs> yeah, it just hit me. Mind, so. Yeah. So just not to take up too much time all. So when you hear Saturn return, that just means Saturn getting back into the position that it was in when you were born. So the same position of where it sits natally in your birth chart. And the, the big thing, you just have to understand that Saturn is the energy. It's called the taskmaster. So it's sitting and it's, it's kind of a disciplinarian. It's saying, hmm, Alexis. So <laughs> we've had, and, it, and it, all, it takes 28 to 30 years for it to get all the way back around to where it started. So it's another slow moving planet. And so that's why it's another big deal. The slower the moving, the bigger the deal when they come in their returns. So it's saying, okay, Alexis, I've given you these 28 years or so. Um, so are you in alignment with what you came here to do? Like it's then so, and again, if you are, that's why you've been feeling the itch because it's shadows around 25, 26. It starts saying, And so it's just really, and so you find that people in their Saturn returns, usually there's something that is significant that happens that's setting them up for the next 28 to 29 years. And so again, if you are in alignment, if you are being obedient to your truth and to, or at least curious, or at least taking steps, you don't have to be fixed it and I'm perfect, none of that, but at least being curious about it. Saturn can be very gifting. Um, this is a time where a lot of people get married, a lot of time people have children, a lot of time people have careers that start to shift big, but it can also be a big time where career, you ain't going nowhere, you're feeling very frustrated, you may have a major loss. Um, and again, it's all just trying to get you in position for, uh, you know, the next so many years, but it, it is definitely Saturn tends to be a more aggressive planet, meaning that a lot of our fears sit wherever, wherever Saturn sits, you may find there's a lot of fears or you restrict yourself a bit more there because Saturn is the disciplinarian. And if you're not really learning how to work with Saturn, you may just be stuck in a, a state of fear all the time. A lot of your anxieties can sit where, where Saturn. So clients who need to be working through fears or anxieties, a lot of times I'm looking at where their Saturn is because that will help me kind of guide them and see what's aspecting it again, what's challenging it, what's conjuncting it, what, so that we can work with that and start to navigate so that Saturn can do the positive of what it does, which is to get you in alignment and to really get you in a really strong truth of, of who you are. So it's a very big, it's another big placement. Thank you. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that's a very um, important part, especially just me personally. Like I'm, I'll be 28 this year, so I'm definitely <laughs> approaching my Saturn. Return. You are. You um, are. So I'm glad you did mention that. And are you noticing your Jupiter is going into Gemini while you're going into a Saturn return, and your Pluto is trining? Alexis, this is good, powerful stuff. Everything is working together. Like, yeah. It. So definitely, yeah. I'm definitely trying to take advantage of it. Um, I yeah. definitely know just as long as I stay true to who I am, it'll naturally unfold. Um, yes. But yes. Very all interesting. Um, <laughs> yes. 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 So, so thank you, Kenya, so much. Welcome. I will put your information in the notes. And for the audience, thank you all again. For watching and stay tuned for next week's episode. 
I will see you all next week. Bye-bye.